0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Red Army podcast and today we finally get to talk rugby from this week believe it or not. No Patricia tonight but she is rotated out for a worthy replacement so making his first appearance in the pod it's the regularly, regularly irregular co-host hopefully Mr. Eric Fritz So welcome on Eric.
1: Thanks a million Caelan, for having me. Um, I am delighted to be here and um, although you know I'm Yourself and Patricia are two accomplished podcasters, you know, you with your own Caelan S Rugby Podcast and Patricia as uh, one of the co-hosts of Rock and Roll. Um, so I don't know, I appear to have just wandered in off the street and found myself in front of a microphone for for this. But uh, I um I'm delighted, no, I'm genuinely like, there's one thing I love, it's talking shite about rugby. And I think to be able to sit here of the time of recording and to be willingly invited to do just that of an evening um, is absolutely, is absolutely brilliant. I'm in, I'm in heaven.
0: There is, there's great fine things in life. Some say it's the sights, the seas, whatever else, but talking shite about the teams you love is, is That's right stuff. up there. And especially, yeah. you know, at the moment, Kind of buzzing, a lot of excitement going on, but we will get into that because Munster's first game of the URC was last weekend. The best league returned after its lengthy absence with ah, uh, might as well say it, a showpiece game at Home Park between the reigning champions of Munster. Now, one hundred and fifty-one days since that victory in Cape Town. If you don't, if you like, not to get not, not, to like counting, not like we're counting, not like we're counting, not like we're counting at all. Let's definitely use that joke about three times this week, but. <laughs> The reigning champions of Munster hosting what will sure to be a playoff fighting Hollywood bets Sharks. And to be fair, it was largely one-way traffic for those who didn't see it. Graham Rountree's men running out 34-21 victors with five tries on the night. Coming from Edwin Adogboat, Jeremy Barron, Antoine Frisch. The returning Andrew Conway probably got the best roar of the night. And Ethan Cocklin, while player of the match, Joey Carberry kicked eight points from the tee. Eric, we'll, we'll start by discussing this one in terms of style points like a first hit out but monster really picked up where they left off didn't they
1: they really did and like i had horror flashbacks to the beginning of last season and those absolutely dire away losses to um to cardiff and to the dragons and i think kind of very early doors um, any like because no just actually all disrespect to Cardiff and the Dragons but like this is an entirely different kettle of fish when you have the Sharks who are you know one of the best teams in the league um, on paper at the very least uh, rocking into Thomas Park okay like you know they're missing five or six of their Springboks who are still over in France but um, you know there are some excellent like there are some truly excellent players in that team and I think of like you know, Werner Koch and his uh Koch and his um, you know, flowing blonde locks are in my nightmares after um him scoring against us several times down in Durban, both in the Champions Cup and in the and in the URC. Um, but I think in terms of style points, um, I think really what you saw in terms of like conti- like continuing as where we left off was really like that off ball, that uh, rather that on ball style that you know Roundtree and Prendergast and Leamy have um have brought into the team. Um, I think what was very kind of emblematic of that was Dermot Barron's try where you had a beautiful offload from Joey Carvery to Alex Kendalyn after cutting back inside when he saw the door had kind of closed for him for a run out wide, and then Kendalyn offloading off the floor to Barron who ran a phenomenal line um, looping round to come onto the ball at pace and, uh, and touch down, and I think just the basic handling skills um that Munster had on show were um were just like night and day from this time um last season. Um like just absolutely like just looked so comfortable with ball in hand. Um looked like really on it in terms of you know getting possession at the rook um set piece at a small wobble at the line out from time to time, but nothing that ended up being too disruptive um i thought our scrum was excellent um and the sharks are a team that have given us trouble in the scrum in the past admittedly when oxen che has been starting and he wasn't there tonight the um, match
0: the last time both sides played which I, yeah. I didn't actually realize until i went looking up before the game
1: he's an incredible player like i mean he's first on the like if you were playing you know championship manager one star he'd be one of the first players you'd sign like he's he's absolutely unbelievable um but yeah, I suppose to kind of come back to your question like about um picking up where we left off. Um I think another place where we, where we picked up where we left off was in terms of personnel. Like unbelievable to see Edwin Adogbo's continued development, you know, Alex Kendon really set, settling in as like, you know, a core player within that group. Um uh and also like you like Shane Daly continuing to just be an absolute wonder no matter where he plays along the back three. And I think in terms of the ethos that Roundtree and Prendy and Slem's brought with kind of like bringing on younger players, um, great to see Shane McCarthy get his debut, um, on the night admittedly through kind of like an injury for force replacement for Calvin Nash, um, and brilliant as well to see the likes of um, you know, Kieran Ryan and um, Brian Gleeson coming off the bench, um, you know, Ethan Cough- Ethan Coughlin getting his first start for Munster and doing quite well I thought um but yeah right. no really really just in terms of like you know our style of play um you know how kind of like comfortable we seem on the ball and just our our attitude and our ethos towards squad selection yeah very much a case of continuing where we left off
0: absolutely and I, I I'm sure you're in the in the same boat but like I've been lucky enough to basically see every monster game since last preseason. um because I was at the at the Connacht game and watched the other two on Access monster, And it really does feel like that first preseason game against Leinster was just merely a blip. Just nothing went right. They were just off the pace. And by the time they kind of got into it, it was game over. And they started making changes. And, and that's what happens in preseason the whole time. And then against Connacht, it looked more like this. Against the Barbarians, it looked more like this. And then with, what was it, three weeks off, which you could have accounted for a bit more rust than what there was. Things just clicked, as you said. Joey Carby was changed to the line. Ethan Cochran got a better service than what he had against the Barbarians, for instance. Um, I thought the centres did well as a combination, and thought Nankervell looked excited when he came on, and so on and so forth. The dog bow as well, and like I was going to touch on it, you know, in terms of Munster's first phase attack, I thought it was sharp. You know, they were definitely trying to move in some new things there. They're trying to really focus on getting, you know, get Joey to the line, get Fresh to the line use their hands like Antoine Frisch's offloading ability is is kind of underrated you know and apart from that one kind of defensive error with himself and Scannel in the in the Sharks first try I believe it was if I'm right like the, very very solid game
1: yeah um like Frisch was our top offloader all game with three offloads like we made 13 all game and Frisch had three of those and some of them were like absolutely crucial. Like he got an offload away with two tackle with two sharks tacklers on him for
0: the Copland side towards the he end. He has a habit of that. He did that against the Ospreys last year. Two lads hanging out of him and getting an offload away, and it's like it's it's just that sense of something different at times with him. That's that's French swagger. I think it is as much as Anton, and you just feel like yeah, he's going to do something at least one, at least once every couple of games at the bare minimum.
1: Yeah. And like, I remember like Frisch was one of the, in that passage, like in that final five minutes against Leinster in the semi final of the URC last season that lived, that built up to Jack Crowley's drop goal. Like, Frisch was one of the clear line breaks that like got us like serious field position um, during that passage. And I just think he's like, he just has a lot of the, is this Nnedi O'Sullivanism, the, the strings to the bow, or I, I can't remember who used, who always uses that.
0: Seems more but, more tornly than Eddie, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but he just has a lot of tools in his toolbox. Like, I mean, his kicking game, I think historically, was always something where he was a little bit weaker. Um, And it's clear to me that that's something he's worked on in the off season. Like his chip through for his own try was absolutely superbly weighted. You now got very, very lucky with the bounce. But in fairness, I think what makes that try is not just chip, uh, not just the chip and chase from Frisch. But if you look back at that try, both um, uh, Andrew Conway and Joey Carberry are hounding after that ball. So if you're the two Sharks defenders looking up, what's going on in your head is like, OK, I have to somehow get this ball. And if this, this ball bounces in front of the try line, I have to clear this. But I've got three defenders. I've got three defenders around me. You know, and I think there was just so many comp. There were just so many computations going on in the heads of the sharks players that there was a bit of miscommunication. Neither of them ended up going for the ball, but like just fresh to have that awareness to like get in and dot it down was absolutely incredible. And on the stroke a half time as well, like that that is nearly a fourteen point swing at that point because like the absolute like it is such a momentum killer for any team to concede on the stroke a half time, and it was just a thing of beauty. He he was brilliant, like he. Was absolutely brilliant, and like you mentioned, that friend, he just has that confidence about him. He's got a really good read in defence. Like I do think he, yeah, he was caught out for the the cop try um in the first half, um. But I think that was as much um Rory making a misread in defence and then having to track back um and leaving a big gap for Kerwin Bosch to get through, um. But um, yeah, like Fresh definitely for me like one of the superstars of the night.
0: Absolutely, and it's funny you mentioned him just. While we have the chance to talk, current Bosch was by far the Sharks' best player. Thought he really controlled things. He actually looks decent on a team who's last year in particular played a lot of super rugby style rugby and it just never clicked. He's always someone that just looked decent. And South Africa have always, it, no matter what they do, they always seem to bring through one or two decent ends. They won't win you the game too often. They definitely won't lose you a game. And Bosch seems to be kind of in that category. is was really impressed with them. And, I even said it in the um in the pre-match pod, or maybe not even pre-match pod, maybe in one of the World Cup ones, kind of delighted we didn't see even Ed Speth or Oxenchey in there, um, for instance, or Mbimpy or Am or whoever. Because they're guys, you know, they they changed the face of the game. But to be fair, the Sharks put up a, a good outfit. I just want to, to kind of move on to that because they are a very good team, even without some internationals. We've still seen some very strong players there, you know, kind of a kind of a similar type of team to one month straight out when you consider players gone on that so as first game victories goes like ticked every box home win over a playoff team without a whole host of players like you simply can't ask for more especially in round one
1: 100 and i mean like you look through that sharks team like you know pepsi budalese was playing in the in the back row like he's an excellent player like Francois Venter is there is there starting twelve normally inside Le Cagno Am. Well not uh, well, a role that he swaps with um Rohan Janssen van Rensburg. Um like um you know, Apelleli Fassi um on the bench, like he's a capped Springbok. Like he spent a bit of time out of the game after um, after testing positive for um for PEDs, but like he's back and he he scored an excellent try towards towards the end. Um, you know, Vincent uh Vincent Chituka coming off the bench like another great player. Like I would be in agreement with you that um Kerwin Bosch was probably the Sharks' most consistent um player, definitely the most impactful in terms of um how he ran the game thought Werner Koch had a, had a great game. I just think he's a really solid player. I think he's one of the best wingers in the URC in terms of like just the consistency that he rocks up with, um, to every match. He's a very good defender. I think he's a really, really good defensive winger. Um, uh, particularly in terms of just like his tackling and in particular his dominant tackling. Um, I think Bota Chamberlain is a good second playmaker, um, at 15. I thought he was solid in terms of, um, uh, how he showed up. Um, I thought George Cronier, the number eight, um, carried very well and carried very aggressively into contact. Although it did make me laugh a load that like, he just got bullied by Edwin Adogbo at one point, like Edwin beat him up and yeah. took his lunch money.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> there's, there's no other way of putting it. He, literally he just like, didn't
1: did. even didn't even wrap his arms in the tackle. Yeah. Like literally just shoved him over. Like you'd shove over, like, 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 it, like he cow tipped him. And then he just like went straight over to rob the ball. And you could see the ref nearly kind of smirk um, as he saw this happening. And he was like, Well, I guess I have to give the penalty for not releasing, you know? But it was absolutely <laughs> yeah. like, you know, to see this like 19 year old, is Edwin 19 or 20? Like he's still. He's just. He young. turned
0: 20 like three days into January. And that's like because right,
1: he, he missed out in the under 20s. Yeah. But like just to see this like freakishly large young man. Um, like, you know, uh, uh, just absolutely bully another human being. Like, he might as well have picked him up by the ankles and shook his lunch money out of him, like, you know, um, or, like, picked up his arm and, like, kept slapping him across the face and saying, like, why ain't yourself? Like, it was just, it was, it, it was, shame. like, I, I I would have, I would have asked to have been subbed off if I was George Cranier after that. Like, it was just an act of utter
0: humiliation. It really was. And we'll get into we're going to talk about the shiny players in red anyway, and we'll get into a dog ball, but just a small little anecdote, like people ask me a lot, like what's he like? And, you know, I, I don't know enough about the underage systems of Munster to, to tell you what he was like, but I remember I was at the Toulouse game um, last year, the the really, 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 really foggy game um, where you could barely see in front of you. Oh yeah. The and I was game. down. Yeah. And I was down by the touchline. And I remember thinking, Jesus, Edwin a Dogbo is a big man. And then it was only dawned on me when, uh, is it Rory or Richie Arnold that's at loose?
1: Richie Arnold. Uh, no, Richie. sorry, both of them used to be. Both Arnold brothers used to be. And I think it's Richie that's still there. Um, Here, I can yeah. very easily check. Um,
0: yeah, well, it was definitely one of them anyway. And it was only when I seen them walking in that I thought. Yeah, it's Richie. This is the only man on the pitch who's probably bigger than a Dogbo. And he's he's a huge man. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? He's about six foot nine. And it's like, this is how you realize that Edwin Adogba was a big prospect because he just has the size. And he was only 19 at the time. And he showed us last night. or Sorry, not last night. This is Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. And I'm on Saturday night. And as you said, just bullying lads for fun. Especially that turnover in one instance and for the try as well. Just bye-bye, get out of my way like you do to a fly.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's very admirable how we've managed him as well, because I think like we all got really excited when we saw him early doors uh, in the season. You know, he was imperious in that South Africa game down in Parky Um, He had some kind of like follow on niggles from an Achilles injury he'd had previously that were kind of keeping him out of games. And I think also Wig and the lads were kind of very keen to like not overexpose him to professional rugby because like, as much as we're like, he's a physical freak, he's an absolute specimen of a human being, he is a god walked down from Olympus Incarnate, Um, you have to remember as well that he's 20, like, and he's still developing, you know, and if you expose him to too much top-level rugby too early, like, particularly the intensity of, like, some of those Huntington Cup games which are played at international intensity, like, you will wreck him. And it's so important when you want to, like, an absolute gem of an underage player like that, that you mind him and that you mind his development.
0: And the only player that probably has been really thrown into it over the last couple of years, and it's probably, to their credit, it's probably an IRFU thing as well. Because 10 years ago, every young player at 20 was thrown into big games and it didn't work. And so many of like these under 20 stars got injured quickly. But definitely across the provinces has not been as bad. But the only one who's really came straight from 20s, as forwards now, I should add, not backs are probably a different category, as far as straight from twenties into being a starter probably Alex Kendall. And he also looks like, I have had a bit of an injury hit here year, year last year. He also looks really impressive, really sharp and just seems to be as as cliched as this can sound, just seems to be a good size for the player that we're trying to make him into as well.
1: hundred percent. And I think as well, one of the quality, one of the qualities early doors that Kendo brings and like, if I recall, he was in, he was in a poor enough under twenties team that did fairly badly in the Six Nations, and he was captain they, of that they team.
0: They came third. They came third, but they played like five games in four weeks. So There was an awful lot of rotation. Yeah, it was weird. It was, wasn't there was it? A lot there was of like players on it. Yeah, every
1: game was played in Cardiff for something mad like that, yeah. wasn't it?
0: And there um, was no fans, no nothing.
1: Yeah, and like I genuinely think that to me, Alex Kendall is a future monster captain. Like he just oozes that confidence that presence that ability um and like we are so lucky to be to have a complete embarrassment of riches in the back row at the moment in like when you consider our starting back row is likely going to be Ty byrne peter Romani, and gavin coombs then we have john hodnett we have alex kandelan we have Ruon quinn we have brian gleason um we have um you know we've jack O'Donoghue. they're kind of like you know, backing up, we have Jack Daly, who I believe, like, I didn't see myself any of the preseason games, but, like, from what I understand, like, Jack was very impressive um, and gave a very, very awesome. good account of himself. We've got Jack O'Sullivan to come back from injury as well. Like, we really, like, and I, I always, like, I will always have a fondness for Jack O'Sullivan for how he played when he came on against Exeter away um, back in that year where they did the two rounded round of 16. Um, and he just yeah. really put himself about the place. Like, he was just such a hired worker. Um and similar with Jack Daly, like I remember Jack Daly coming on against Toulouse up in Dublin and like what a game to throw a young fella like that into. And he didn't look yeah. he didn't look a bit out of place, like.
0: No. And and that was one of those games I I know it was in defeat and all that, but with the benefit for the hindsight, you look back on and think, you know, Jack O'Sullivan played well that day. Um, Jack Daly played well, Thomas Ahern came off the bench and looked really, really good in that game. Now, granted two of those, though Sullivan not as much but two of those basically missed all of last season but you will see the rewards of that eventually, like how we've seen Ben Healy was so important in the clutch moments last year, Craig Casey in the clutch moments, games like that are always important and you're starting to see it now, even Kendallan's another good example and Josh Witchley. last like that, they just look comfortable and they're not none of those players that I mentioned are, are 25 yet
1: yeah, and like with Witcherly, I always remember the baptism of fire that he got down in Claremont, where in the first half, like he was picking his head out of his earth for most of the game after scrumming up against um, Rabba Slomani, and then ended up coming out in the second half and just completely turning the scrum on its head um, and winning a good few scrum penalties. And like Josh, to me, has gone on to be like one of the first names in the team sheet. Like he is our, like to, to be honest with you, I would have him... As our starting loose out ahead of Jeremy Lockman and um and Dave Kilcoyne. and he looks to have gotten bigger in the off season as well. Like he looks to have packed on a few he kg, does. which so is going is to help. Finny. Yeah, which is going to help his carry game. Um, and like I think one player you mentioned there, Tom Ahern, I'm so excited for Tom Ahern to get a good run of games this season because he's just like he was incredible he was the same under 20s years jack, jack crowley i believe um they were yeah. and, and he was just like he's incredible when he gets the ball in hand and he's such a like for like fit with rg simon and like i remember like all of the bollocks that came out when we signed simon about how Munster were going to block young players coming through because of this dirty filthy non-irish qualified player <laughs> how dare he um,
0: how dare you I, I don't think it's even because he's non-Irish, it's because of where he's from as well, which is 100%, even worse.
1: 100 percent because you know, Leinster signing Charlie Engatay, like you know, shrewd, really cool, like absolutely A-OK. Um, uh, Monster signing RG Steinman boo, hiss, how dare you? Um uh, but I just think like you know, the work he the work he has evidently done with Thomas Ahern, like Thomas Ahern is such a like for like role fit um for Styman in terms of like handling ability in terms of you know his ability to move the ball when he gets into space um just his line out ability like when he came on um on saturday he was just so clutch like the first ball went to him and even with the lift he was a full like three four inches above his man and there was no way anyone else was getting that ball
0: absolutely and i i was really impressed with him as well. I'm just trying to get the teams because I know that yeah. So Jack Crowley was at 10 and Thomas Ahern wore the number five shirt on the same under 20s team. Some really some really good players in that team actually Now, yeah that was an insane team. Like, that was Craig that was
1: Craig Casey. That was Craig Casey's year as well.
0: He was the year before oh ben that's Haley. right he was yeah 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 yeah. But you have like Tom Stewart, Thomas Clarkson, Thomas Hearn David McCann you have Jack Crowley, Andrew Smith played well this weekend, Dan Kelly mm-hmm. now at Leicester, Ethan McIlroy, John McKinney, Joe McCarthy, Alex Soroka, who got two years at under 20, if I remember correctly. Tim Corker yeah. could have been the same. Really good players. And funnily enough, I had a weird feeling that both um, Ahern and Crowley scored their wonder tries in the same game. They actually did within 10 minutes of each other. That's so no wonder answer. we all remember. I, I'm surprised we even remember the, the second one because of the fact that we're probably still out in our feet after Jack Crowley goes. I, I, I
1: love how we're here to ostensibly talk about Monster versus Sharks last Saturday, and we're here looking through under twenties team sheets from four years ago, <laughs> talking about wonder try scored down in Mozgov Park, and we'd be dead right to.
0: <laughs> well, if you've ever listened to any podcast ever, it's more <laughs> about the ramblings than about the actual segments themselves. Absolutely. Before but, we go on, go on. I'm...
1: No, all I was gonna say was I think one player that we haven't talked about um to any great extent um so far, um, because he's a he's a player that like always stands out a lot for Munster and you know ends up being one of those highlight realistic players, is Gavin Coombs. Um I thought Gav just went about his job very efficiently um yeah. in this game. I thought he did exactly what he needed to do. Um and he is becoming like like he's such a like remember the like wailing and gnashing of teeth that happened when cj Standard retired and a good cause like we fully thought we were in for another 3 4 years of cj at monster at least at least and we genuinely have not missed a beat with gav coming into this team and he's just like he is mr dependable now in that monster team like it's 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 insane um just how quickly he became a core of that team
0: yeah and to his credit, you know, the, your, the point you're making is, is similar to what um, Tom Savage was saying as well. And both, when both he say it, reminds me of the fact that I felt in a couple of games last year, Gavin Coombs had really good games, just simple, didn't really put a foot wrong. But he'd scored the try, and everyone talked about the try because that's what he did. He'd burrow over from five yards, or I think he'd scored one or two long range ones as well. And that's what people are talking about. But this was the same performance without the try. And he won't get the clawlets because he is prolific. Like he's got a try in every two games he played for Munster, which is, at his age is phenomenal. Um, I think he's up to 35 tries now. But it's just, that's what you want to see. Just go about his business, get his job done. If he scores, great. Because we know he's he's crucial to our, you know, five and in kind of attack. But just go about his business, get his job done, show these hungry for work and can do a few things. And that's what I'm really impressed by. And there is a couple of players who kind of fall into that category. Like, I think Finney and Witchley, this calendar year, I think, is a really good year. First half of the season, a couple of injuries. He was starting to bulk up a bit. I know was struggling to play at the weight he was at. But since maybe March, I think he's just, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Another really good game. And Again, and I always say this about second holes, you cannot praise one second O and not the other, because it is a position where you need both to do well. It's yeah. very rare that that only one can ever play well.
1: Yeah, 100 percent And I think um I think the best way I can describe Fanin richley um, and I mean this in the po- most positive sense when I say this, is he is the Billy Holland regent. Um, like he is just that that is good. Yeah. Benin is not going to suddenly win like 40 Ireland caps. Um, you know, and um, although like if his gym numbers are as good as Joe McCarthy's, then then, you know, who knows? Andy might sit up and take notice. Um, but he is just like he will be a fixture in once for second rows for years to come. Because I complete like I completely agree with you. Like, he is a player who I think historically had a bit of a reputation of maybe like giving away silly penalties or like losing his composure at key moments. And he seems to have really kind of like had that coached out of him or coached himself out of that since January of this year. Like he was such like, you remember the like the period of time once or this season where we were essentially down to three children standing on each other's shoulders in a trench coat for second row cover um is that what team... Kieran
0: McDonald actually was is it <laughs>
1: yeah 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 Kieran McDonald was um uh was three young fellas that we met in Ballynenty who were um standing on each other's shoulders in a long coat and we had to, we we coached them to say that they were from Scotland and we shaved one of their heads so that he, they'd look a bit older um uh <laughs> <laughs> um but finin was just one of those players who like kind of he played a lot of rugby that season because he seemed to be the most consistently fit out of all of our second rows and even then towards the tail end of the season where we had steinman back um you know when we started to get a bit of breathing room in there finin still saw a lot of minutes and that was a testament to like just how consistently well he played and i'm delighted for him that he seems to have kind of really hit his stride because he is a player who has worked his arse off for the last couple of seasons, and it's really starting to pay dividends
0: for him. And he's he's just as you said, he's starting to round out, and that's what you want to see. Like it's it is about yes, it's important to have your role and to do that, but just to kind of round out as a player is is very important to be able to be to be plugged in. Then in that regard, and just like another player who came to mind when you're on about. Finian Witchley is Shane Daly. Very similar in terms of talking points. Good player, starting to round out, starting to find form. And now he's probably in that first name on the team sheet category. Because if Mike Haley's out, Shane is the man you want at 15. Probably the most like for like and can probably do a few things better. Um, and then in terms of a winger, he is coming off his wing. I, I find it weird how you look more confident when him on the ball from... 50 yards out 10 from 10, because the way he runs, he, he beats you not when he needs more space, but he's he decides when to turn and everything so well. Um, it's it's a really niche thing. Um, just in terms of how he how he kicks off each foot and whatever, he's got a great kicking game and he's just getting better and better. And you know, obviously, Calvin Nash miss, missed the game, but Munster is starting to develop these different types of athletes as winger. Which is always good to see as well, because it's probably one of the big issues in Ireland that we always just produce try-scoring wingers and that was about it. But now yeah. there's a lot of well-rounded wingers.
1: Very much so. And I think what, what what is really heartening about Shane Daly is like just how comfortable he is across any position in the back three. And he can even play outside center as well. Like he, yeah. he is that good. Um and when you think about like heading into like you know, the big games that we're going to play in uh, November, December, like, you know, Leinster away in the Aviva, Leinster at home in um, Thomond, or two Heineken Cup games against Bayern and Northampton um, or the Investec Wonder Cup or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, uh, I just like when I saw that injury update that Mike Haley was out, I just put my head in my hands and I was like, oh, Christ. And then I picked my head up out of my hands and I remembered that we had Shane Daly in into fullback. Mm-hmm. And um, I was tremendously relieved because like, if you think of it, our starting back, like our starting back three is more than likely going to be Calvin Nash, Andrew Conway. And how, like how brilliant is it to see Andrew Conway back fully fit scoring a try in his 150th appearance for Munster. Like he's very much the elder statesman of that wing cohort now that Earl has retired. Um, Still refuse to believe that actually happened. Um, I still expect him to rock up on the team sheet against Benetton next week, Um, (laughs) and I just think like we're so lucky that now we have like Nash, um, Nash Daly and Conway, Um, and then even like I think one person we didn't, and I'm sure we'll talk about is Shane McCarthy because I thought Shane McCarthy had a fantastic game, fantastic, and I thought he looked really really promising and then you think about the guys who are going to be like really solid URC guys for us out there like Liam Coombs like Liam Coombs has yet to come back from injury had, um, a,
0: had a very good year last year Lincoln. very good girl. year
1: I, I really really like him as a player I think he's um, someone I think it was you actually described him as like a George North type of player that was me yeah
0: yeah i have never uh, short of hyperbole <laughs> but that's
1: but, but that is a very apt comparison because like Liam is so much like Liam is hench you know Liam is a blocky, stocky winger that has, as we saw against the Lions in Musgrave last year, that has an unbelievable turn of pace when he wants to and an unbelievable step. But he'll also run right through you if he wants to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. absolutely. Before we get into, we have a bit of kind of admin and Benetton talk. Uh, it would be remiss me not to talk about Keith Earls because this is our first podcast since his retirement was announced and fake Eric news. as fake news <laughs> I'm going to need you to just read it in a small bit in that regard because when players are more synonymous with who they are than what they do then you have really ticked every box as a sports person and I just want to get your thoughts on not... we can talk about Keith Earl as the player for days, hours, just watch highlight reels, Andrew Ford had a great video people should go watch it Um, but Keith Earls the person is just as important and he would be forever a monster legend because because of that as much as everything else. Yeah.
1: I think, like, I think talking about Keith Earl as the person, um, there's like so many cliches you can fall back on with Keith Earl as the person, you know, all the Moy Ross Express and the boy who came from Moy Ross and grew up in the Shadow of Thulman Park and like, you know, his family were steeped in rugby and like, you know, Juror, obviously his dad and um, I think like, for me, my abiding memory of Keith Earl's is like the first game I saw him play live in Thomond Park. Someone I can't even remember who we were playing, but it was a Gary Owen went up and Keith was under it and he roared in the dirtiest Limerick accent, Mark. And um uh that but like he was so unapolo, like he was so unashamedly unapologetically limerick, like you know, and I say this like you know, we're a tip man and a Galway man sitting here on this um <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. like talking about like how much we love where he's from. But I think particularly, you know, as um, as two guys, like two men on a podcast groundbreaking, um, but I think as two guys in particular, and I think what like men's mental health being such an important topic um, of discussion over the last decade or so, and rightly so, I think the openness and the honesty and the like forthrightness with which Keith discussed his, um, his own um, experiences with uh, mental health challenges and mental health battles um was quite disarming um but quite important um and hopefully like might have you know inspired a lot of people to like you know properly kind of a lot of men in particular like to properly kind of think about their own mental health or maybe address some issues that they may have been having or you know like maybe get kind of like the help they they may have needed um and one thing i just love about early as well is like you have, you know, you have some of the like flashdans in the squad, like Connor Murray, or um, you know, the, the those lads. But like, Earl's he married his childhood sweetheart Adele, um, has like a clatter of daughters, and just absolutely like seems to absolutely love, like he's a complete wife guy for Adele, which I which I absolutely love, and he mm-hmm. absolutely loves his daughters as well, um, which is just he's, like he's just. He's so, like, wonderfully, like, softly spoken and humble and um, just, like, always seemed to be, whenever he picked up the ball, just to be that kid who loved playing rugby. Um, And never, ever, ever, like, reinvented himself so many times in terms of, like, who he was as a player, who he was as a winger. Like, even in terms of, like, you know, there's this bullshit meme that, like, Keith Earls can't defend. And yet my abiding memories of Keith Earls are like running halfway across the pitch to t- like, like tackling was it Libok or Willemsa in the URC final? Angelo last Davids. Season? Angelo Davids. Sorry. Thank you. Um, yeah. He made an unbelievable tackle as well in the semi-final against, um, against Leinster. Um, and I'm just yeah. so delighted that like, okay, fine. The world cup didn't work out for him, but I'm so delighted that in his final season of professional rugby, He got to win. And like, he was the last member of that squad that was part of a winning Heineken Cup final team. Like, he was on the bench for the 2008 final against Toulouse. And I'm so delighted that he got to bookend. And I'm fairly sure 2008 was his first year as a professional rugby player. That was his first season as a professional rugby player. Um, First as
0: a pro, I'd say. Yeah. First
1: as a pro. And he got to bookend his pro career with winning a trophy in his first season, winning a trophy in his final season. And then just topped it all off with scoring his 100th try uh, in his career on his 100th cap for Ireland against England in the Lever Stadium. But I just think with Erlsey, like, I just think he is so, like, just... If you could distill kind of, like, the essence of what Munster is and the essence of what Tomond is and the essence of, like, what it means to, like... You know, that kind of thing of like being a limerick rugby sport, like being a rugby sport or living in Limerick or like connected to Munster, like Keith was that personified. Um, and like that was just sprinkled so liberally with like, you know, humility and vulnerability and honesty. Um, and yeah, just just what a man and like what a role model as well. Like what a role model for people to look
0: up to. And as you said, unashamed of the limerick, it's a great way to put it, because he was he embraced the fact that he was the limerick kid and it was it was never it was never kind of it never weighed weighed on him, you know, like it was often said when he was younger, oh, that's Jar Earl's kid because Jarr was a was a bit of a cult hero in AIL circles. But that never weighed on him. And like I, I watched that video that I mentioned, the Andrew Ford one. And he had his first try in it and it's oh, I must have watched that try fifty times at this stage because it's been in every highlight reel of Keith Earl's The one thing I never noticed until this time was when he scores, one of the stewards, there's two stewards over there. The terrace isn't full and they are just leaping up in the air because it's one of their own with his first touch in international rugby scoring a try. And it's a great moment. And then, as you said, to bookend it in his 100th cap for Ireland. And there was a sense the second he touched that ball against England that he was going to score. And I was there. I was the far corner, unfortunately, but I you just knew, and it was genuinely. I, I've been to a good few games in the Aviva recently, and I you know, hum and haw on the atmosphere and everything. That was one of the great Aviva Stadium moments because the whole place just took to their feet for a man who is a, a beacon of everything right about a lot of Irish rugby players. It should be said, there's an awful lot of good eggs in, in the Irish rugby circle. And a, a people's person, you know, and you you think about that interview, you think about his book, his book is fantastic, everyone should read it, not just sports people, everyone should read it, his interview on The Late Late, Um, and this was around the time where, and I always remember, is the fact that in the space of about two years himself, Billy Holland and CJ Stander on on The Late Late, and you'd be hard pressed to find at least a Munster fan, or if not a sports fan, or just a person, we didn't cry watching any three of those. They were emotional roller coasters. But that is part of the tribute the fact that he was so open in the later end of his career. And it will help other people in terms of mental health and different things and being open. And that's an important stigma that we have to break down. And if that's his legacy off the field, that is one hell of a legacy to leave because yeah. not everyone gets the chance to to be, not a, not a face, a face is the wrong word, but to be someone that we look up to having done the right thing when, let's be real, there's definitely other players with mental health issues who haven't been able to face coming forward about it, and that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. It must be difficult. The fact that he did it and he quoted, you know, wanting to be able to to improve himself for his daughters, as he said, is just, like, it's phenomenal. And yeah. mr monster in so many ways as as we said but just a great person
1: yeah and it's but look it's important to say as well that like you know nobody with mental health issues like you know nobody is obliged or expected to like speak very publicly or very openly about it like you know there are a lot of people who will will have their own battles privately and i mean if that is the case like i, I genuinely hope that like what erzy has shared can can give some solace to, to people who may have looked up to him or who who may be rugby fans um Tell you one thing about Keith Earl, speaking of his off the field activities, man roasts a damn fine bean. Um, <laughs> he uh, like the 1114 coffee roasters he has going in Limerick is kind of like my go to now for obvious reasons. But one nice little touch and like how he will always be a part of Munster is the coffee uh, stand under the West Terrace is now an 1114 coffee stand, which I think is yeah. is a really cool move
0: yeah I've and it's it's the coffee in the in the high performance unit as well and it's 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 as you said it's cool but it's also the fact that it's like they wouldn't do it as well if it wasn't great it's it's supposedly i don't drink coffee it's supposedly fine coffee and if if i had coffee drinkers around me that would absolutely be the christmas present of choice because <laughs> it ticks multiple boxes <laughs> with one with one swipe we will get into the the more boring stuff just for a minute because we have a bit of squad updates and admin to get through. So you mentioned Calvin Nash earlier. He was a late withdrawal from the Sharks game. And this is a line that you're going to hear a lot, not just this week, but this season. His availability for the benching game will be determined later in the week. He was back in some training, though. Fionn Gibbons suffered a facial injury late in the game. His availability is the same to be determined late in the week. New signing Sean O'Brien is coming back from a thigh injury. He is back in training and increasing his training load and his status determined later in the weeks. So we should expect Sean O'Ryan to debut in red at least in the next week or two, um, or so you'd expect. On the, the, they say rehabbing, the medium to long-term kind of absentees include Simon Zebo, Jack O'Sullivan, who we already mentioned, Dean Coombs, Patrick Campbell, Roland Salanoa, Mike Haley, Keen Hurley, and Paddy Patterson. The latter, how um, I many is that, five of those all looking at towards December time, November, December, before any of those will be back. And in slightly more positive news, Munster have added two of Ireland's under-20 heroes to their academy. Gary Owen Hooker, Max Klein, and Tullamore native tight-eyed prop Ronan Fox joined the 18-man academy in the High Performance Centre in Limerick. Eric, is there any big takeaways you want to take away from the... It might be the boring side, but there's always something to talk about, I suppose.
1: Yeah, um, so I think talking about the injuries, like with Calvin Nash, Mossy um, Lawler was up for press there for the Benetton game. And somebody asked him about Calvin Nash. Mossy just gave a very pity. Or he only had a stiff neck, he'd be grand. Um, so I don't <laughs> that think That did we've...
0: make me laugh, I won't lie. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think we've too much to worry about with Calvin, but like, honestly, like I would love to see Shane McCarthy get another run um, against Benetton. I think he'd be, I think he'd be great. Um, I I never thought I'd say this, but I'm slightly relieved to hear Fionn Gibbons like described as a facial injury because it looked like he got quite a bad bang to the head um and was a bit woozy afterwards. So I'm glad to hear that it's not being described as like a head injury or a brain injury. Um so but like if it's a facial injury, you would suspect probably like somewhere around the cheekbone or the nose, um, yeah. which is bloody painful like I've broken my nose twice before I wouldn't wish it on anyone um uh with Sean O'Brien yeah I think I would expect to see him uh, as you said week week three or week four um he was I think correct me if I'm wrong now I think he was one of the like 24 or 25th um on Saturday um I, but
0: I, I wasn't there so I can't tell you who was actually training
1: yeah, but after um after Nankovell's extremely impressive uh spell off the bench, um including like an absolute wonder pass that set up Conway for his try, yes. um I would love to see Nankovell starting at twelve um against uh Benetton. In terms of the medium to long term absentees, I think the ones that are obviously like that we're gonna miss most will be um Salanoa, Haley and Patterson like I think it's so unfortunate for Pat Campbell to be out with a medium to long term injury because you know he was he obviously had his big break in the COVID game against Wasps.
0: That what was it you called it the the COVID casino heist or the Coventry, the Coventry casino? casino heist because it's cop- also a casino. Um, that well I don't know what it is now because it's, it's also a shithole.
1: It's <laughs> also a shithole, Kayla. That's what it is. I've been there. I've been there twice now and it is a terrible stadium and I'm so well, glad I never fair, have to go back there again.
0: If Saracens or Wasps actually turned up, they could have masked that it's not a great place. But it was just entirely yeah. Munster fans. You had enough time to wander around the place.
1: Yeah, it's so bad. Um, uh, Like, Zeebs is really kind of, I think, going into, like, the elder states. Like, as disappointing as it is to say for a player who at one time was, like, a very, like, you know, accomplished Ireland internationalist, I think Zebes is very much in the like senior player, like, you know, category B, category C, like, you know, backup for the URC type, 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 type thing. Um, Jack O'Sullivan, we talked about earlier, is like one of our riches in the back row. And like, it would be great to see him back and continue because I believe this is a contract year from as well. Um, So I know it he'll want to go. Yeah, it I know is for a
0: number of the players out, actually, which is.
1: I know he'll want to <laughs> go really strong. Ah, uh, Keane Hurley had some good uh, performances last season as well, and he'll be very disappointed to be out with like what is a fucker of an injury, like Achilles, like Achilles injuries when they heal tend to result in other injuries. And I think um Paddy F and Patterson. I don't know why I'd censor myself on that one after some of the F and blinds <laughs> that have come out of me so far. Um, but Paddy Patterson already a cult hero status in um. What is it about cult hero scrum halves at Munster like Alby Mathison <laughs> or
0: um or Paddy Patterson? Yeah. Um even, even Craig has a touch of the has a touch of the cult hero about him as well. In a different, I know he's very mainstream. Um, Craig Casey, because he's an Irish International and all that, but he does have a touch of the cult hero about him as well. It's it's weird. It must be there must be something in in that seat in Tolmond or something.
1: I just think you need to be a bit mental to be a scrum half. Like I, I just I think do, you need yeah. to be a bit cracked to be a scrum half. Like yeah. I mean, to to put yourself in that position where like you could have a A second row coming through the gate and like absolutely smashing you um paddy by all accounts is making kind of is very much on track with his acl recovery but i'd say we still won't see him until the new year uh ditto mike and roman roman it's so disappointing because like he struggled for fitness um but he's clearly a very um you know very important player for us very like exciting young talent he's been around the hpc with ireland Um, we're so lucky this season that we have both Archer and John Ryan um, uh, on the backup because like we're going to need them heading into um, heading into the like November, December time Mike Haley again like absolute like Sean Payne levels of like God tier fullback for for Munster at this stage like just really seemed comfortable with the role that he was given in our new structure last year of like you know, becoming a more attacking fullback um, and such a shame. Safe safest
0: houses as well. Both sides
1: of it. Like 100%. 100%. Phenomenal defender. Great under a high ball. um, Really, really good player. In terms of the two lads we've added to our academy, um, you know, like Max Klein, we were talking about off air there. He was part of a squad. He was part of the squad that went down to Sharks in the round of 16 of the Heineken Cup, that game that we don't talk about. Um, So he's clearly someone who you know um uh Co- Cozzy and uh now Gerold Prendergast have had their eyes on uh for a long long time and I believe he was a back row who converted to hooker as well um so
0: I've heard yeah which is so I think that's very much... the yeah it's it's a new it's well it's not new it's kind of the old the old route they used to see but it's definitely a touch to a lad who's going to be more mobile and and all that going to be a good ball carrier hope.
1: yeah i'm probably like very much in that power hooker mold as well as uh, as a result and like um i think ronan fox is a very very good get for us like we seem to be very keen on hoovering up guys who don't fit the traditional leinster went to michaels or black rock from d4 molds like you know we've picked up george hadden who's a wexford man We've picked yeah. up uh, Ronan Fox now, who's a Tullamore man, um, and um, you know I, Fox is like very solid scrummaging tight head, like putting some very impressive shifts for the under twenties. Um, you know, between himself and Paddy McCarthy, like they had a good thing going at the, they had a good thing going at the at the twenties level, um, and I think it's, um, I think it's a really good get because like if you think of who we have in our academy right now in terms of propping. Um, Kieran Ryan is there. Who, side note, I thought was really good when he came on against um the Sharks. Yeah. I thought he he locked out the scrum, um, really, really well. Um, and then when you look at kind of who else we have, like you know we have Mark Donnelly, who's come back to full fitness. He made a couple of cameos last season and looked good. At uh, Darren McSweeney, who by all accounts is like a very large man and um is a very promising tight end prop. But great to see kind of like five props there in the academy um who like all are various different levels of um you know kind of in terms of like their progression towards professional rugby and like the excitement levels around them and everything like that. So I think two very good pickups there in um in Max Klein and Ronan Fox.
0: And it's it's when you're bolstering an academy as well, it's important not to just have six of one player as well, like the fact that they've got now a second um Second tight head prop in the academy. I think they have two hookers, if I'm right, in the academy. I could be wrong there. So I think it's just
1: one because um, Scotty Bucks, I think, was the last um, academy hooker we had coming through. Um, So I think think Max, and I'm very much open to correction on this, but I think Max is now the sole hooker that we have in the squad, in the academy
0: squad. You could be right. Actually, I'm just going through...
1: Yeah, who same. I think is in, um, in
0: the hooker's depth. I don't think there's anyone else, but it's still, it's good to kind of have, a, like 18 is, is a large number in the academy by recent standards. You know, you're hmm. kind of always looking at between 15 or 20, usually on the lower side, to have 18 is good. And there's a lot of really highly thought of prospects there as well. Big you know, time. It's and, not... it,
1: big time. And like, it's exceptionally, um, uh, it's exceptionally heartening to see, like, because, you know, Munster... In the last couple of years particularly under Coady like very much adopted a like quality over quantity approach and like they weren't taking lads in for the sake of filling positions like you only got in there if you were good enough and particularly under Leam's and Prendy and Wig um the academy players now train fully with the with the senior squad so you know guys have more of an opportunity to put their hand up and we've seen that through the likes of Ruon Quinn through the likes of Shay McCarthy um, through the likes of um Sean Gibbons, and like when you consider, you know Shane McCarthy, Brian Gleeson, and um, uh, uh who ah names um, Shane mm-hmm. McCarthy, Brian Gleeson, and Kieran Ryan, like that's two year one and one year two player who were on the bench for us okay. against the Sharks, like um, which speaks to like Kazi is so highly thought of and like, I'm so glad we were able to get him back from Wasps um, because he knows the AIL infrastructure inside out. and His,
0: um, his impact has been instant. Like instant. you're seeing it straight away. Like I know Andy Kiriakou was involved in the Academy as well, but lads over the last three years who were in the Academy, forwards in particular, it's, it's usually easier for backs to, to step up to URC level. Forwards in particular have just looked seamless at times. And you yeah. mentioned the likes of Gleason, Ryan, Kendallum was in that bracket. Um, I'm trying to think who else would have been in Coszy's time. Um it'll it'll come to me. But a number of those players just seamless transition mm. straight in. And like that's... a hot, hotness,
1: Case in point. Yeah. yeah. Um, like and then you think of it like, you know, Ethan Coughlin is now in year three of his academy. Like, I thought I thought like he looked very Like you look at who's in that squad, like who's even in our senior squad right now, who came through our academy in recent times, like Dermot Barron, a player I didn't talk about a lot um, when we were talking about the match, but who I think is just really nailing down like one of the first names on the Munster team sheet. Like I think in the past six months in particular, he's just come on so far as a player, like leaps and bounds. And I think he was a
0: leader as well.
1: Total leader, like I mean, what else would you expect from a tip man? But um, <laughs> like you know, of the senior squad, like we have, um, you know, Josh Wicherley, um, uh, Barron, Scott Buckley, Tom Hearn, um, you know, Keen Hurley, Jack Daly, John Hodnett, Alex Kendallin, um, uh, Jack O'Sullivan, Jack Crowley, um, uh, Lean Coombs, um, uh, uh, Shane Day. It was less so Shane Daly and Mike Haley in terms of the, and Calvin Nash rather, in terms of the age profiles. But like, you, you're starting to see, like there were a couple of fallow years in the academy from about like 2014 on, and you're really starting to see that pathway and the quality of that pathway and the quality of players that are coming through there um, improve dramatically. And, you know, I kind of trust, like you, you're in a position now where you trust that the additions that we make are being made because we have a lot of faith in them.
0: Absolutely. And that's the bottom line as well, is the fact that when these guys, if they're year one and they're ready to play, then phenomenal effort by everyone, including the player. Or if they're year three, the fact that you can call them dependable. Ethan Coughlin, the more games he got last year, the more he looked like a dependable option. Mm. And like when you'd imagine he will get extended next year with Neil Cronin expected to, to depart potentially when Paddy Patterson returns. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on his contract status. Um, Coughlin is going to be someone, you know, Connor Murray's pushing on. He's going to want to start pushing for a number two gig. Never mm. mind just, you know, start pushing to just get into the squad, but push for a number two. He's still young. I think he's only my age, so he's only about 21 years of age, I think. And that's what you want to see. Seamless transition, dependable young lads, and they have to show that they can do it at URC first as well, which I think 100%. is something that people overlook you know and they're starting to do that and that's great to see now maybe in years to come we'll have to rank urc games when we have to play cannon father like harlequins or something like that but that's for another day's conversation but, but generally like
1: the quality of the urc as a league and as a product has increased so much over the last couple of seasons and like the, the addition of the south african teams there has helped so much and like you know, for the likes of Shane McCarthy, for the likes of Ethan Coughlin, for the likes of Brian Gleeson, for the likes of Kieran Ryan, to get hit outs against the Sharks or, you know, the Stormers now in um, in round four in Thoman Park, um, that's going to be massive for them. Like that's going to be absolutely massive for them in terms of um, in terms of what they can um, in terms of what they can learn and the standard of opponent they will come up against. Um and even like, you know, even the game on Sunday, like they're gonna come up like they're gonna a lot of the, a lot of the players in that Benetton team are gonna be like seasoned Italian, Italian internationals.
0: Yeah. Kieran Ryan could be scrumpaging against is it Simone no, it's definitely Ferrari, but I think it's Simone Ferrari, who's an international tight end. Yeah, Ivan Van Ivan
1: Namer, who's um who's been kind of like um who if I recall correctly went to the World Cup. Um I think I mean, so yeah but like even even Neymar who was um part of the um part, part of that team like you know um like yeah when you think of it like Simone Ferrari yes Ferrari and Neymar Ferrari Neymar and Zani all went to the World Cup um as props for uh for Benetton like you know even like we we'll talk about that when we talk about the Benetton game but like there's i think just with the quality of how like how much the URC has increased in quality because like when you had the Cheetahs and the kings like, God bless the Southern Kings, but they were shite. Like, they'd have been bet out the gate yeah. in AIL 2B. Like, you know, they 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 had nothing to give. They had nothing to bring to the league. Um, and I think for kind of, you know, the four quality South African outfits, like even the Lions, who would be the weakest of the four South African teams, like, but even the Lions, like, have um, so much to offer in terms of, like, the experience you'll learn from playing against them.
0: And they're bringing through a lot of good players. You think of... Um, Shituka, who you mentioned earlier, he came through the lines yeah. and was instrumental when they bet us two years ago. He was phenomenal that day. I, he yeah. was someone that you were like, Oh, geez, he's going to the Sharks, yeah, he's just going to get better. And you know, because there's depth in South Africa, like, and it, as you said, it points to a league that's improving, constantly improving. And when you've got the likes of the Sharks coming over, minus potentially World Cup winners, but at least World mm-hmm. Cup finalists, you and they're still. You know, they're still competitive, they're certainly not rolling over, then it's a sign of, of good things to come. Absolutely
1: yeah, well, well, well. Now, Quailon, we were missing uh players who played for the eight time quarter finalists, Ireland. So, uh,
0: <laughs> don't mention the war. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we'll yeah. touch on the manager game this weekend. Uh, Munster have a slightly longer week this week because this is on in a rare Sunday afternoon slot, and I, I will repeat this again for the 700th time. Why the URC have made this mistake of not having any games on Friday night, I don't know. I understand why, but Jesus, you will have to pay me to watch the whole of Argentina against England again. I did it once, and it was tough enough. To do it twice now is going to be absolute torture. Um. So Munster on Sunday, as our Ulster, who would t- traditionally be a Friday night team. That game is on Sunday at 2pm on RTE Premier Sports, via play, URC TV, or wherever you get your URC best league content Benetton also got off to a and start they had a last gas 23 22 win in the arms park against Cardiff thanks to a Jacob Umanga penalty um just quickly Eric we'll start with our a reigning rain. sorry not reigning reigning rainbow cup victor opponents what do you think we should expect from from Benetton
1: um I think what we should expect is a lot of very seasoned internationals um quite on um like we talked about it there you know like uh, Neymar, Ferrari, Zani um all coming out all coming back from the World Cup um like every so with the exception of um Mirko Spagnolo uh Spagnolo uh, every single prop playing for Benetton has been capped by either uh, Italy or Argentina? Now, obviously, uh, Tittaz, Chaparro and Gallo won't be available, given that they will be uh clashing against the Titans, England, for the honor of um third place at the Rugby World Cup. The um, old
0: APRE match. matches. Christ, as, as Christ alive. Like, I mean, is
1: there a more pointless game of international rugby in the entire world than the third place playoff?
0: England and Wales have played each other three times this year, so you could argue at least one of those. Two.
1: Yeah, yeah, very true. But like, uh, sorry, side note on Argentina, right? I have a theory about Argentina, that Argentina are good every second World Cup, right? Uh, they were shite that, in 2019, yeah. so I had a theory that they would be good in 2023. And the... Beckers have, like, they've proven me correct, but they've proven me technically correct. Because they made it to the yeah. bronze final, but they've played some of the worst rugby I've seen from an Argentinian team ever.
0: Like, at the Japan game, they have been
1: brutal? But, but Japan were brutal in the Japan game. Japan had a revolving door defensive strategy, like, in that game. Um, and, like... Yeah, just I, I won't talk about it anymore because I get mad. But like, you know, they've proven me technically correct, which I'm more annoyed about. But yeah, I would rather stand outside and watch rain run down the wall than um watch that England and Argentina game on Friday. But like going back to that Benetton squad, right? You know, you've got Nicotera there at um at Hooker. Like you've got the Canone brothers playing for Benetton, like two fabulous players, um, uh, Nicolo yeah. and Lorenzo. Um, you've got Federico Ruzza who's a player who I really, really like. Um, you've got Eli Snyman, um, who's come back to Benetton from the Tigers, um, in the Premiership. Um, you have uh Negro Negri Lamaro and Zuliani all across that uh, Benetton and Halafihi like. as well, the number and, eight, and Halafihi. Um, at scrum half, you have Alessandro Garbisi. Like you have Deval Duvenag, who has been such a solid player at nine for Benetton over the last couple of seasons. Like he's the co-captain of the club. Um, at out half, then, you know, you have like, I think out half they're going to miss Tommy Allen big time this season. Like they have Jacob Umaga and um, Giacomo Daré, um, who was part of uh, Italy's um, World Cup squad as well. Um, but I don't think either of them are kind of close right now to like just the nuts and bolts, like solidity that the likes of Tommy Allen would have given you. Tommy, by the way, who I found hilarious when he was Scottish, he was Tommy Allen, and then he moved to Italy and declared for Italy and was then Tommaso Allen. So, um,
0: Bit I'm sure Ben point, apparently, but we'll I'm see. sure Ben
1: Healy will be changing his name to Ben McHealy at some stage, um, to to account for his uh, Scottish heritage. Um, then like centers, you know, you've got um, you've got Brex. You've got this little known Tongan center. Am I pronouncing this correctly? Um, Malachi Malachi Fekatoa. Malachi. I think
0: Malachi, it's Malaki.
1: Malaki Fekatoa. Like, uh, look at I will never wish Mala bad because like Mala obviously had a very, very hard time when he was with Munster uh, for personal reasons. Um, you know, you t- like I heard you talk about it with Patricia in the season preview episode that like, you know, the weight just seemed to be lifted off his shoulders once he found out that like he was going to be in a situation that just suited his family better. Um, where like, you know, his wife would be closer to home. Um, and I really hope for Malice's sake that he just settles here and he has a couple of successful years of Benetton because he really, really yeah. deserves it. Um uh, you know, then on the wings they've got Paolo Adagwu and um uh, and like players like say Onisi, Rat- Onisi Ratave, um, and then a fullback like Matteo Manazzi will unfortunately not feature because he just seems to be completely luckless, um. But Rhino Smith, I think Padovani to- is back. Padovani could be back, and S- Rhino Smith is also there as well. And I think Rhino Smith is an yeah. excellent player. Rhino Smith really, for me, for for um Benetton in a lot of ways, plugged the, like, Monte Ioane-shaped hole um, that was left there after Ioane went back to Australia after his own um, uh, mental health difficulties, which I've, I've no doubt were exacerbated over COVID. Um, but overall, kind of, like, what we can expect from Benetton, very solid team, very well coached. Current um, Farms Park, as Munster, like, seemed to always figure out through the like inevitable Le- Ray Lilo try off of first phase from the set piece. Um yeah. Cardiff Arms Park is an extremely tough place to go and get a win. Like if you yeah, think about is. the scalps the Cardiff has taken in the Arms Park like you know they beat Leinster there two seasons ago, uh they beat Oz last season. Like they like it Did is a they very draw very tough with
0: the Stormers.
1: They drew with the Storm like they drew with the Stormers like uh, but the but I think what Benetton can be most heartened by um from the uh from the sequence of that game is I watched back the highlights because I am a nerd like that. Um and like like Cardiff were 20 like Cardiff were nineteen three. 19 three up, I think, yeah. Nineteen three up. Um and then um uh watch it uh Benetton pulled it back and won twenty-three, twenty-two. Like I think Benetton um obviously they lost Kieran Crowley to Italy a couple of seasons ago. And um I think Marco Bortolami has done an excellent job um since coming in there as coach in terms of like just keeping a lot of continuity and keeping a lot of momentum. Um, you know, they um they finished ninth like they finished just below the sharks um in the table last season. Um and I think um like just have always been like since like I remember when the Italians were first talking about joining like what was then the pro what was then the Celtic League it was league.
0: the Magnus League
1: it was the Magnus League and people were like oh they're just this is going to be five points every single time in every single fixture and Benetton have proven people wrong you know I think Benetton are one of the like Benetton are one of the more solidly mid-table teams in the league um and I I, I don't know if you remember in like I think one of the darker days of Munster was when we played Benetton in a quarter final in the Pro twelve, Pro 14 in Thomas and they nearly beat us in Limerick.
0: Yeah, needed a fifty meter penalty to beat them.
1: Yep. That was uh those were some dark, dark times. But um
0: if if it uh, helps, I can lighten the mood. I also remember Benetton's second season when Brendan Williams scored two tries and beat Leinster on a random Friday night. <laughs> yeah, that, that might help lighten the mood for some people. <laughs> yeah, I I
1: remember that too. But look, I think what we can expect from Benetton is um, they're going to be uh, very, very solid. I think we're going to really need to be it at the breakdown. Um, when you consider that the likes of, you know, Lamaro, Negri, um, Talafiti are going to be there. Um, I think they will be... I, I think where we can probably get at them is halfback. Um, whatever about Duvernag at nine... Um I think with uh I think with Daray and Umaga there, I don't think you necessarily have the solidity that you would have had with um with the likes of uh Tommaso Allen. Um I really hope they start Alessandro Garbisi because he is a seriously exciting player, but given that Duvenag is co-captain, can't see that happen. Well, let me just have a look at um who their starting lineup was uh last week. So last week
0: I don't think it was Garbisi, if I remember correctly, I don't think it was.
1: Yeah, they didn't really seem to bring a lot of their um a lot of their Italian uh, Italian internationals over uh-huh. with them. Um so we could potentially be facing an Italian internationalist. Um but like Zuliani was part of the was part of the squad. Uh, Snyman was part of the squad. Like Snyman was um, you know, he was a very physical character, he was a good line out operator when he was playing with the Tigers. Um, but yeah, look, I suppose like what what what, what would you expect from Benetton from um having wow. seen them?
0: I'd echo your sentiment of a very—I I know it's a buzzword that we're kind of crying about a small bit in the in the midst of World Cup, but a, a cohesive team. I think you know what you're going to get. They they are extremely slippery on home soil, in particular. We've seen it down through the years where they've taken scalps. You know, remember the beat, Connacht There was—I don't know if it was Rainbow Copper in the regular season. Um, they they ran us close last year. It was really. Really, really weird game. They can finish like 40-30 or something like that. Yeah. I would expect, you know, if they do get all their internationals back, the likes of Canone, the two Canones, the likes of Zulani, as you said, the the front row options, they are going to put it up to us in in the front row, but are in the pack, but not in a purely physical way. They have got a lot of smart operators. Zulani is a proper open side, and I feel like that just explains itself. And the two Canones kind of remind me of the two uh, Fabio and Raffaella United all those years back. I don't know which one is which either half the time, which just shows how skillful they are. The second row is as a number eight and the number eight is as as a second row. You know, they're two proper players as well. And I yeah. think we can get at them. I think, you know, if say Mala is back at centre, won't be a, a centre pairing that's played together before and things like that. And a lot of these lads could be rusty you know, if they haven't played much World Cup minutes. So there is all that.
1: And equally, like, Mala admittedly was part of a poor Tonga team, but, like, I don't think he had a particularly great World Cup either. Um, no. He looked a bit all at sea, but um, I think, um, like, Benetton for me is always one of those games where, it, like, it's really close between Benetton and Munster in Benetton uh, for 60 minutes and then Munster invariably pull away at the end. I just think like, and I, I think, funny enough, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about this when we were talking about the sharks game. But One of the things that really gives me hope is that Joey Carberry seems to be really, really confident again, and seems to be How like did I forget Joey. <laughs> yeah, seems to be attacking, like playing with such confidence, attacking the line. He was player, he was player of the match last week. How the hell did we yeah. forget him? Um, and uh, this podcast is over. We got to re-record the whole thing. <laughs> um, and um, what you call it? Um, I just think that we have a pace when we get motoring. Um, that Benetton will find very difficult to live with. um uh, I think we need to be like really on our game in terms of like our kicking game and in terms of um when Benetton are running the ball back at us because I think they have a very dangerous back three, and I think in particular Rhino Smith um is a player who I'm quite fond of um but like I do think you know, you talked about like us continuing where we left off last season. I think we very much are a team that is playing with confidence that is playing with the swagger. Um and I would expect that to be I'm going to go with the typical Munster, like, Benetton game of it's going to be tight for about 60 minutes, and then we're going to pull away in the end.
0: Yeah, that, there's no point asking for predictions like that, Neil. So would you be thinking bonus point territory? Think it'd be a high scoring game then?
1: I think you have to
0: hope for it to
1: be bonus point territory. I think if we are really serious about putting up a challenge for the URC um, this season, like we need to look at getting bonus points home and away over every team that is likely to finish in the bottom eight of the table. um, And I include in that, like, the four Welsh sides, Benetton, Zebre, The Lions um, away. The Lions... You see, the Lions away is a different proposition because it depends at that yeah. point, like, how far... That's why I said the- it. <laughs> yeah, it, it depends on, like, how far along are we in the Investec Super Cup and, um, like, what sort of a squad do we bring over there? Um, and I was going to say Connacht to be cruel, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I I do think it is one of those games, like, you need to be targeting uh, bonus points against the Italian sides if you're a serious operator in this league, um, and I think there's been enough about our visits to Treviso in the past to suggest that we are well capable of putting a bonus point on them away from home.
0: And there's enough to say as well that Monster, when they find gear, will get a bonus point. They scored well, five that... tries last week, And it always looked like they'd eventually get that fourth.
1: I have never, um, I have never like, not for the longest time have I ever watched Munster play and be like, they're definitely going to score a try here. Do you know, like there has been a lot of, particularly in the, I think one of the curses of the like Van Graan, Stephen era, was that we made a lot of like hard work of some very simple opportunities and I think what was characteristic of our game against the Sharks was we made a lot of simple work out of very hard opportunities. Like, you look at the turnover that led to Ethan Coughlin's try, right? Thinning um, literally rips it uh, in the tackle, gets out to John Ryan. John Ryan throws a pass that would make a centre blush. Um, it's like a skip-two pass um, out to uh, out to Kendallan. Kendallin passes to Frisch. Fresh offloads with two tacklers on him. And Coughlin, Cochran does really well with that finish, by the way. He's yeah. got a tackler here and down on him. And he times his dive just perfectly to get in without danger of being put in touch. And I genuinely just think, like, um, we look like we know how to score tries. It's basically the best way I can put it. And always I find when you play Benetton, it's never a tight, shitty, scrappy game where they try and drag you down to their level they do play with a lot of confidence in their own ability as well. Um, Like, and I think um, if they keep it open, we will love that. And we will really, really yeah. value that. Um, And that's what they did
0: last year. It was open yeah. at the start. They kept it. And when Munster kind of around the turn of the half, you know, that that middle third of the game really found form and yeah. put on the points. Yeah, it's
1: likely to be like a dry 19 degrees in Treviso on Sunday. So like I would fully expect Munster to... To turn on the style, um, if they get their damn if they get if they get their tail up. Now, here I am, bringing the confidence, and you know, come four o'clock on Sunday, we could be crying into our cup of whatever beverage you choose. um crying no, like, into a person.
0: massive URC trophy. That's yeah. that's the solace we can take on the um picking up where we left off and all that. So URC Statmaster, master always brilliant um on match weeks to get stat pads ready. Munster the best scoring efficiency in their opponent's 22 of any team in the league in round one, scored a 90% of 22 entries, which is phenomenal. Mm. Regardless of who, even if you're playing against, you know, the Ballin colleague under 17s, you know, that's phenomenal effort. They also conceded the fewest penalties in the league in round one, which is five. Yeah. They are two things. When you're talking about a team like Benetton, if it's going to be high scoring, as you said, which you can kind of expect, especially when they've got game breakers of their own, if you're efficient, that makes a huge difference. And also, if you're not giving away aimless, stupid penalties every 10 minutes, you know, to give them field position, to give their their platforms chances to break. Do you know? Because Laznac and Axio Brex may not be the quickest center in the world, but he's got a great link-up with the likes of Padvani and Rhino Smith. <laughs> you know? No matter what way you try and shape it. So it's probably a stat that was key last week, but this week as well, efficiency, and and discipline and also breakdown work we didn't mention it enough breakdown work was phenomenal the last day
1: Bre- breakdown work was absolutely exceptional and I think that's what gives me confidence going into a team that's probably going to have the likes of Zuliana, Zuliani and Zuliani Jesus Christ three times and I finally get it um, Lamaro and Halifihi, um, uh and Canone um, playing there like is that our like I'd be very curious to see who we go with in second row like do we go with I think it's going to be Finney and Witcherly and then one of either a Hearn or a Dogbo. Um, so I'm very curious to see who we go with there. Um, I think our set like I think like I don't think Benetton are going to be a more physical test for the lads than the sharks were. I think the sharks are like, and it's such a cliche, obviously, to say that this the South African uh, the South African teams are very physical, but they are. They're they're massive. They're big, big lads. Like um, and I also Maybe this is a bit kind of, you know, OTT of me, but I'd wonder where confidence levels are at for a lot of the Italian internationals coming back from um the World Cup, because I think the vibe there was septic, and that looked like a team that just did not like that they, they were done playing for Kieran Crowley.
0: Yeah, it turns. It looked like it turned sour rather than originate. Looked like oh, we need to end on a high and everything, and then by the end of it. Like, Lamaro coming off after 45 minutes against France. Yeah, against France. Kind of looked like the moment that you'd worry. Now, if he's back, I still would back him to have a big performance against Munster. But he might be back either as well. We yeah, should probably, probably leave it at that. We've been talked plenty about Munster, about Argentina, about coffee, about Keith Earls. Um, don't know what other boxes you really need to take, to be honest. Like, Apparently, you know. we didn't
1: take the box of either Joey Carberry or German Barron, so... <laughs>
0: yeah that's true Jack O'Donoghue I don't think he even got to mention the poor lad as well
1: no but like god bless poor old Jack like I mean Jack is just like Tom Savage said before it's like when Jack O'Donoghue hits all his marks you don't even notice him and that's because he's just like when he is on form he's Mr. Dependable and he does exactly the job you need him to do like I thought Jack was great on Saturday I didn't think he put a foot wrong absolutely
0: and that's testament to the direction this team is going in that they have a lot of lads like that as well who were, I think dependability could be the buzzword this year. Mm. If there's injuries, things like that, if we're calling on, say, Finning to come in, if we're calling on Jack to come in, I know Jack is there, they're out to the first team, but for we calling on lads like that, Kendo or Hodnett or even, you know, Paddy Patterson when he returns, these lads will do a job. They've shown they can do a job.
1: Yeah. Right now, I...
0: it is about getting the win in Benetton. Yeah. And hopefully, getting five points, and then the week after, just as I have it in front of me, is in Cork against the Dragons, and you'd be hoping for five points there. Big and time. and hopefully, I the mean, Bulls don't run in 50 points again and go back top of the league again.
1: That's yeah, like that's the big worry is the fact that we have to go down to Pretoria and play the Bulls down there at altitude. Like, um, but look at, if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. I really hope the buzzword around Munster this year is double URC and Champions Cup winners, um, Munster Rugby, but uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to say no to it, but I'm also not going to get too far ahead of myself because yeah. that didn't work out too well in, in this so-called scrubs tournament that they call a World Cup. Yeah. Just hard of my coping mechanism, guys. It's okay. <laughs> going to completely so, devalue a rugby showpiece. <laughs> any tournament that still has England in it. Yeah. Do you know, like, Hey, are about you it. World
1: Rugby? Because you're completely devaluing the World Cup. <laughs>
0: No, if you're World Rugby, you're devaluing everything got to do with rugby as it is. Yep. We can't even watch it, and we're going to spread it to all parts of the world by only playing it in four countries by yep. the end of this. That's for another day's conversation. I'm sure you're the right okay. man to discuss that with. Um, That is all we've time for. We're back next week to look back on this game at Benetton that we've mentioned, probably not in enough detail and probably in too much detail at the same time, and to look ahead to a round three clash with the Dragons, which will be Munster's first game in Musgrave Park. As always, follow us on Twitter. You hop on there. Give us your predictions for the game. Maybe give us some thoughts to the game um, afterwards. We'll have tweets up the whole shebang. And if you want to be with us every step of the way this season, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you really like us, maybe leave a review and tell your Munster cracked friends that we're here and we're happy to take over. So yeah. until next time, to Eric, thank you very much. To everyone at home, thank you for listening. Till next time, take it easy.